Welcome to Invest Stories. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking for that next step or a newbie investor not sure where to start, Invest Stories unlocks the mindset, strategies, and techniques of high performers across business, real estate, and investing to help you level up your journey to financial freedom. This is Invest Stories Tuesday Techniques. interesting it's an, you know we talk about niches and i think we've already talked about niches just since we started recording this podcast and and you found one and this is not a, a wholesaling method that i'm familiar with now you know, full disclaimer i'm not a wholesaler so maybe if i was a wholesaler maybe i'd heard of this method before but i've never heard of a wholesaler taking a power of attorney and then essentially taking kind of possession of the house in a way and and doing all of these renovations and and then selling it for a much higher price. As a seller, if I had two guys in the room, this wholesaler that was a cash wholesaler who says, "Hey, I'm going to buy your property," and gives me a, a, you know, and I find out later that they're not, they're just trying to you know flip it for a quick buck. And then I had Jesse sitting in the room who's like, "Hey, look, I'm not going to buy your property. I'm going to fix it up. I'm going to sell it for a premium and make a lot of money on it. But I'm also going to get you more money as the seller. Is that okay with you? I would go with you in a heartbeat. I think that's a great a great sales pitch. I guess for lack of a better term." um, to, to somebody, if I, like I said, I, I would absolutely do something like that. So cheers to you guys for, for figuring that out. Um, I, I'm curious, cause I know that you own, you own, you know, real estate on your own as well, or maybe with partners. So how difficult is it to juggle that personal portfolio when you're also running a business that has six employees and trying to, you know, do this wholesale game? So I wouldn't say that I have perfectly managed property management by no means, kind of far from it. Honestly, my portfolio is not completely optimized. If anything, it may pay for all its own bills and then a little bit on top of that. But I also have a quadplex that pays for my living expenses. It could be better. But my main focus right now is building the company and making sure that everyone who is in the company believes in it and has given this portion of their life towards it that they are successful in their roles. So that's more of my priority right now than it is to stabilize and maybe maximize what I have going on. But honestly, I don't have bad tenants at all. I kind of, coming from a relative construction background, we gutted most of our units, renovated most of it. So I don't have many calls at all from tenants. If anything, I get like one every other month, which is ridiculous for like 20 units, but it just is what it is. And I run three Airbnbs within that portfolio. So it cash flows like nicely, you know, I have like a good, um, what's it called? I have like a good mix of long-term rentals and short-term rentals to balance out my risk and exposure. So I really want to get into how you acquired those properties and kind of the route. I think first, though, in terms of the process of your wholesaling, your innovation wholesaling, can you talk us through like from picking up a customer to the sale? Can you talk us through that that process and how that works with your team? Yeah, of course. Today, we actually signed two deals, which is really cool. <laughs> it doesn't really happen like that all the time, but I'm really proud of today. So. Generally, you know, we get leads through text message, mailing, a pay-per-click, any type of marketing channel. And for the most part, if somebody raises their hand and says, yes, I want to sell my house, they become a lead within our system in which we follow up with them until they get to a point in which they 
hit this thing called actionability, which is like, yes, I'm ready and able to sell my house right now. So there's actually five things that we look for before we qualify a lead and go out to their house. It's this thing called Emota, E-M-O-T-A. So it's equity, motivation, uh, ownership, timeline, and actionability. Equity being like, do they have enough equity in order to even sell to us? And then motivation is like, why do they even need to sell? And then ownership is like, who else is a decision maker? Or who else could be a deal killer? Timeline is like, is it within 30 to 90 days or six months? Like, what is the timeline? And then actionability is like, if we made you an offer right now, would you even be able to accept that offer? Like, are you able to take action on this offer? Because sometimes, you know, in this high interest rate environment, people don't have anywhere really to go. <laughs> and they, it's hard to even find a rental sometimes. So they may have everything else besides actionability and they can't be our client right now. And then after that, we would schedule an appointment, go out to them, run a whole sales process in order to understand what their current needs are, where their current struggles, listen to them, ask questions, and ultimately think of it as we're here to serve you more than get something for ourselves. And if we take care of you, and as long as you know, uh, we're, you know, we're doing the balance, running the numbers and making an offer that is fair for both us and you, we can make a deal. So it, it just depends. Sometimes it is the cash offer that works best for them because they need to be in and out of there fast and they need the money to do something. Then other times it's just like, I actually don't need the money right now, but I can wait, uh, you know, two, three more months and you can pay me 10 to 15 or $20,000 more. Like, yeah, I think that offer sounds pretty good to me. So when doing a novation offer, we find out two things that they can offer us in exchange for more money. It is more access to the property, which is basically giving it to us vacant or in order for us to do our work and in order to improve it, as well as longer timeline. So if we can have those two things, we can instantly pay them more money. Yeah, and from that point on, that's the acquisition process gets passed over to me in which I do the disposition where I call them, contact them, let them know that, hey, I'm taking over from this point, trying to get you to your end result in which our acquisition had talked to you about. Uh, my transaction coordinator will contact you as well. Uh, just make sure that, hey, everything on the title, the payoff end is taken care of. But for the most part, me as disposition, it's my responsibility to make sure you get to where you need to be and this house gets sold. And my company is able to generate the revenue and then you as the seller got everything that we promised you. I love it. I think that's a great idea. And as far as the disposition side of things go, are you listing at this point? Or are you guys selling direct uh, you know, from your own website? How does that work exactly? List on MLS, syndicated to Zillow, Realtor, Redfin, everywhere. Now, do you guys, do you guys have an in-house realtor or is that you? Or do you guys actually use a brokerage that's local to list on, on your behalf? Uh, we use Housio.com. So oh. we'll spend about $400 in order to list it. And then we get this additional uh, upsell called showing time, which makes the showing process a lot more efficient. So that's only 25 extra dollars. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, you know, this is, this is interesting. I just, I, I love learning about the way other people run their businesses. I, I have, I wasn't familiar with this particular process and 
Um, I'm, I'm really happy that this is something that's becoming, you know, been super successful for you guys. Um, so I, I guess, I mean, we're, we're just flowing through the conversation here. So we're, we're taking up a lot of your time. I want to continue on cause we got a lot more questions, but, um, back to, uh, back to your own personal portfolio. When you're, when you're looking for places now, since you're on the wholesale side of things, does that give you the opportunity to get the kind of the first pick of the litter? So if you find something you're like, oh man, this would fit real nice in my portfolio. Do you actually close on some of these and keep these yourself? Or is this something totally separate where you're out shopping as an everyday buyer? It does open up doors in order to see deals before anybody else sees deals. But currently in the interest rate environment, kind of sucks. Can't really bird deals the way you used to bird deals and just get rich instantaneously. <laughs> Nowadays, um, a really good strategy that we like is creative finance through subject two, or if somebody's able to get us 100% financing through like carrying a small piece of the note, it's called like a piggyback mortgage. So like 20, 30% where we get the bank loan for 70% or 80%, then we can get a fully 100% leveraged asset and pay off for time and we can negotiate the small uh, piggyback mortgage to be a 0% mortgage. And honestly, it makes the numbers really good when you have an 8% mortgage and then on 70% of the debt and then 30% of the debt is 0%, you know, your effective interest rate is like 4.5 or 5, 5.0 or something like that. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. So there's a lot of creative ways that if you can structure your deals and you can find the sellers where that strategy does work, I'm taking deal, those deals down all day. I just haven't had one lately. Mainly we've been focusing on the innovation, just focusing on our niche. And if the opportunity does come, we'll address it as they come in. I'm curious how you, how you approach somebody for, for a deal like this. So like a, for a second mortgage or the piggyback, like you were talking about, 100% finance or sorry, 0% interest on, on a you know 100% of a second note. That's something that I, I don't see very often. And it sounds like maybe you don't see super often either. How do you yeah. pitch that? Because like, you know, this is probably my own, my own <laughs> shortcoming where I'm just like, gosh, I don't even know. I don't even know Same. if I have the guts to ask for 0%. But I guess what you're looking for is a super motivated seller, somebody that just wants this thing off of their books. So is that typically what you're looking for? And how do you, how do you even ask that question? So if somebody is looking for a little bit of an unrealistic price, you know, it could probably work with them. And honestly, the way that it comes about, it's like we frame it in the sense that we're putting like 70, 80% down. Because what people think of when they think seller finance is like, oh, you give me 10 to 25% down and I'll carry the other 75% of the mortgage. Well, that's a lot more risk for them and a lot less risk for us. Whereas, okay, what if I got you 70% of your money today and it's like 30% could you carry on the back end? Could we structure some type of balloon? Or I try to ask for as much as we as we can. So 15 years, 20 years on that back end, get residual payments or interest only or whatever. I mean, even go the way that you structure 0% interest payments with people generally is talking about the amortization schedule or just talking about the payments and just like rushing over rather than talking about the actual interest rate because it's like, you may be focused on that, but that's not what they're focused on. They're focused on their price. So if you can give them their price, and you can even give them 70, 80% down through your fine, your bank financing. It's not that bad of a deal, especially if you're able to 
reassure them that they're secured in their second position and we can write the terms out through promissory note in which, hey, let's record a quick claim deed held in escrow. And if I'm late on payments, I get, you know, 30 to 60 days to remedy and get myself caught back up. And if it's past those 90 days, you could just file a quick claim deed, take possession of the property, and you could just resell it. You know, and you already got your 70, 80% of the money back. So then now you get the property back. You could resell it again, however you want. So I I was exactly thinking Kyle's previous question, which was, how do you how do you have that conversation? How do you approach that? Now I'm going to pivot a little bit, which is how do you personally learn this kind of stuff and then the strategies to kind of implement it? So learning that process is cool. Learning how to sell that process to a seller is really interesting. Yeah. Can you repeat the question for me? Yeah, I, I guess so. In terms of how did you learn the tactics, and then how did you learn how to sell the tactics to to a seller? Yeah, Kyle and I got this friend. His name is Trevor, who's actually in Oregon as well. He's in Salem, and this is the guy is like twenty six years old with a hundred plus units, and like most of his stuff is leveraged ninety five percent and up. And up. He creates, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he he creates the equity through the value add process. And then eventually he'll have 20, 25% equity, but then he gets into a deal for super low amount. He does everything through partnerships. So he owns like 40 to 50% of his portfolio. And he works with another guy who owns a project management company in which they have all the systems that you could ever dream about. It's like 3000 plus units under management. The guy has a thousand units of his own. Like he has LeBron on his team basically. And he had taught me exactly what he did it didn't really make sense to me until i was put in the position that i was just like oh one of my friends from the gym he's a realtor and he had this off-market listing that was coming on in the next week and i like the location but i wanted to like just make an offer on it but it's like i don't i don't really have money to put on a half a million dollar house right now i i like where i live honestly it was and in the current position i'm in and with the interest rates where they are i don't really want to get into that type of um, you know, commitment in terms of the mortgage and the note. So I was just like, hey, if they take this offer for 70-30, you know, then I'll, I'll buy the house. But if they don't, it's whatever. So I'm just, I'm not really committed or um, I'm not really that invested in the actual property besides I'm just gonna spit all my offers out there and whoever accepts it, then fine be it, you know, I'll take the property. <laughs> So making as many offers as you possibly can and someone will, will bite. Yeah. That's kind, of the, that's kind of the game. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Invest Stories. We'll be back tomorrow with Wednesday Wins. Please consider sharing and writing a five-star review. Check out the full show on Friday on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.